1: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and
0: we're still here. Garage Beers!
1: This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 96, and the guys are in the garage ready for this special holiday edition of the Garage Beers Podcast we are cracking open some beers and ready to talk about the Browns and their push towards still a potential playoff berth. We're talking about the red hot Cleveland Cavaliers. We're talking about some of our favorite things about the Christmas season all over some delicious, delicious beers. So come on up the driveway, open up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for garage beers. Welcome oh, on in, everybody, to episode number 96 of the Garage Beers podcast. Creeping slowly and steadily towards the centennial episode, towards episode 100. We maybe talk about that before we get out of here tonight. Uh, we're not going to give anything away tonight, but uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit before we get out of here. Uh, go follow the show online at The Garage Beers on Twitter Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube, and, and TikTok, and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, as always, we are brought to you proudly on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go check out Belly Up Sports and the other podcasts that they've got going on over there. With you, as always, tonight, your three hosts. I am Michael Keith. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike. Joining me from the garage over on the east side of Cleveland, it's Chad
2: Meyer at Garage Beers Chad. What's up, Chad? Boys, I'm freezing my nads off. It's all right though. Yeah. It's all right though. It's all in the name of the show, you know. I kind of feel like uh, one of those reporters that draws the short straw, and just you have to like send you out to like the hurricane or like the really freezing cold winter storm. Like I feel like a, you know, I feel like I feel like Storm Andrews right now. Let's send up a Storm Andrews out to uh, hanging out in in snow- Storm Frankie or something non-threatening that they name all these like storms after. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I also, boys, I also want to start, uh, the show here before we get into the meat and potatoes of things with a bit of a delayed cheers. Okay. I okay. mean, it's a, I'll still have a cheers at the end, but, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I would like to cheers. <laughs> I would like to cheer Nancy and Ronald Reagan. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nancy oh, Are we Nancy, a, are we having a posthumous cheers? Nancy Reagan, uh, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> If you if, if you know, you know. <laughs> oh no. I know where this is going. Oh <laughs> and no. if you if you know, you know. And then uh, to Ronald if you're listening, uh cheers to you because <laughs> Way to hold on to that one, buddy. Like, now we know why there was no, like, Bill Clinton-type uh, scandals <laughs> during your administration. Oh, so Jesus. Cheers to, cheers to you, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. Way to go.
3: <laughs> is this a Jeffrey Epstein thing? Like, what's going on?
2: Well, is this how we are opening the show? <laughs> yes, sure is. Sure is. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, go ahead and Google the most recent news on Nancy Reagan, and then you'll find out. We'll find out what the, what happened. Joe came out about her her private life. Joe, <laughs> let's just let's
1: just say he's not talking about trickle down economics. Uh, that is not what he is referring to here.
3: Well, what she's is, not alive. So all right, here we go. Joe's over here googling it. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: let's just... wait to hold on to that one, Ronald. Wait oh. to hold on
2: to that
1: one. Oh. <laughs> God, Chad. What a, what a way to start the episode. I was not prepared to talk about the Reagans. Yeah. And that there's no
3: need gone. to say anything further on that. You can look at <laughs> it yeah. on your own. Well,
2: yeah. Hey, hey, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just saying, if you know, oh. you know. And we to yeah. go, Ronald. Good for you. Good for you, sir.
3: Okay. All right. Shout All out right. To see the grave for the both of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, any other presidents we need to talk about, Chad, before we can move on?
2: I mean, not unless you guys have heard any other wives that have come out about their private lives. <laughs> no, 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 no. When, and even if it did happen, I think we're done with
1: that. <laughs> All right. uh, also joining us, uh, and he is joining us from up here on the west side of Cleveland. Find him online at Garage Beers. Joe, it's Joey Whalen. What up, Joe? What
3: up, guys? I'm What's excited. On, I would said this as soon as the name change happened. I said I was going to buy the shit out of Guardians gear. As soon as they changed their name and started selling merch. And now I got my wonderful Guardians hoodie, and I went to the team shop yeah, this boy. week, and I got a hat. Hey, you're with welcome. A G on it. Yeah, thanks. It was a birthday present for Michael and Katie. Uh, mm, and then okay. I got a hat with the G on it from the team shop. I'm stoked. I, the the uh, the baseball G logo with the wings grew on me a little bit, uh, and I think I'm in on it now. I think I'm in on it now. I think I've accepted it. and I've seen it a couple times. Like on, like, you know, Valley Sports will, like, flash through all the logos of the different sports teams they cover, and it appears on there. It's like, oh, you know, okay, I can do that. I'm going to hang out with that for a little bit. And uh, they do need to update it in, like, you know, a year. But, like, for this year, I think I can I can deal with it.
1: Joe, it got me thinking. It got me thinking. And I don't think I'm there, but it got me thinking, is this a logo that's going to grow on people? Because it's so negatively received, like, almost unanim- unanimously universally negatively received right the flying g logo right uh we we asked bob dibiasio on the show about it and you said it to me we were at the team shop together and i i was looking at hats and i still hate that logo i still think it just is atrocious and so i was buying a hat with the c on it because i do like the new c that they came up with uh uh and you you said that to me and i was like I wonder if this is going to happen. I wonder if this, like, Flying G logo is all of a sudden going to be, like, is it going to be, like, five years from now? Everybody's going to love that logo? It's going to be, like, the best logo in baseball?
3: It could because, like, I don't know. I think it's you can't can't be too quick to an opinion about it because you're just going to compare it to the Indians. And, like, in order to embrace the logo, you can't compare it to the Indians. So if you can view it as something completely different, I think. I, th- I think you can like it I don't know but it's true. I'm I like telling it. you guys The hat looks good uh, I do like the You know I do like the, they kept the uh, Guardians kind of in the script Similar to the Indians I think that looks really good On shirts and hoodies uh, So you know They don't have a ton of merch Out right now But what they do have Looks pretty good
2: I'm telling you guys uh, That G That flying G logo Gave me major Major league vibes <laughs> And I, and I think it's going to grow on people. I, I love Major League,
3: too. though. So that's not a problem for me.
2: I know. I know. But, I mean, it's kind of that same, like, swooping baseball flying in. Uh, I mean, <laughs> except the Major League logo had the mohawk and the, and, and the sunglasses. This one has, you know, uh, Gs with wings across. It, like, it. <laughs> but, you know, it is. It, it, I could definitely see it growing on people, Joey. Also, uh, Joey, did you check the security of the sign out front is it stable now is it is it gonna fall is it
3: i did comment did you guys on check that? That? yeah so well which sign because they got the team shop sign and they got the one no, that doesn't
1: the one that fell doesn't exist anymore chad they didn't that put one's oh, down okay.
3: but the one okay. they recentered the one behind home plate and it looks great i didn't think it looked that bad to begin with but it looks great now
2: did you guys check the security of that you never, know.
3: <laughs> you never I, know. You know, I did throw a couple rocks at it, and it seemed to stay up there okay.
2: <laughs> no, he didn't. Perfect. No, he did. This
1: is being released like publicly.
3: So, like, oh, okay. No, Joe I did not, did not throw, throw any rocks, rocks at the
1: sun. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, boys. Uh, so listen, good to be back. Just us in the garage. It's been a while since it's just been us in the garage. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff to really kind of catch up on. Uh, and before we do that, uh, we got to get lubed up here a little bit. We got to get our garage Dude. beers of the week going. What? That's Why so hot. That? That's so hot. <laughs> That's it is a common <laughs> phrase, Joe. It's a common phrase.
3: <laughs> did not when talking about drinking beer.
1: Yes, it is common when talking oh, about shit. drinking beer. You All butt, right, you horse's go on. Ass. Let's get no, lubed up not on this not, pe- not many people. Not many people. Is that going to be
3: the title of this episode? Just, get three dudes,
2: just, just, just three dudes getting lubed up on a pod.
3: Episode yeah. ninety six getting lubed up for Christmas. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? Write it down now. Don't even ask me what the title is after this. Write it down now. Lubed up for Christmas. That's what we're doing. Uh, Give a Hey, we
2: just talked about the Reagans, too.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're off to a hot start. This oh, is yeah. what happens when we don't have guests on the episode. Holy
1: no. Jesus. <coughs> uh, no, I'm not even going to say what I was about to no, say. Let's go on. Our, let's go to our Garage you. Beers of the Week uh, and Seeing as it seems like he's already lubed up a little bit, let's go to uh, let's go to Joey over there yeah. on the
3: west side of Cleveland. <laughs> I did come from the Winking Lizard, so uh, I I've been actually really you know almost taking like five sips of this beer, but I wanted to try it live on Ooh. our Garage Brews of the Week segment. Ooh. I have no idea what this is. I've never heard of this brewery before or this beer. It's Wolf's Ridge Brewing uh it's their uh home for the holidays spiced holiday ale and it's uh it's they say it multiple times on this can it's their gift from us being them wolfs ridge to you which is i guess me the consumer so it's their gift to us but i'm also paying them for it uh well i, I didn't pay for it I, it was it was in the house uh, standard standard anyways <laughs> it's no, it's not bad. It's uh, it's so close to being a really good Christmas beer. That's all that I got. Close. It's it's it's, like it's, it's really good. I would drink multiple of these, but uh, and you will. I yeah, will. it's not my favorite Christmas beer, but I do really like it. All right, Wolf's Ridge
1: making I think their first appearance. Uh, yeah, Wolf's Ridge is local, I think, and it just came out of Columbus. Nowhere. Okay. Yeah, okay, Columbus, Ohio. Maybe recent in Cleveland, Obviously. they just came out of nowhere. Like I've, i see Wolfrid Ridge trucks driving around, and I'm like, this is very recent to me. So yeah, uh, I Ridge. think
2: that's, I think, I think that's the one. Brent Sobolesky, uh a couple episodes back said that was one of his favorites in Ohio. He I said think he's been did. to a lot of
1: breweries in all. I think he did too. Huh? So, uh, uh, so Wolf's Ridge making an appearance. Chad, what do you have for your garage beer in the garage this week?
2: Yeah, buddy. Throwback Thursday. Uh, but I uh, am drinking a beer tonight, guys. It's a Christmas present by someone who clearly doesn't know me at all. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> I can see the can. I already know what it is. Uh,
2: yeah, it's uh, Masthead, which I love Masthead. I love I love the beers for Masthead, but this is the Slay All Day IPA uh, with spruce tips, which uh, uh, that alone makes it a terrible beer uh anytime there's like piney sprucey tree tips in this in the fucking beer yeah I, I, it's, it's not it's not a good beer so uh yeah i mean but it's tolerable i'll tolerate it for uh, today's episode and uh yeah we'll just get we'll just keep it moving here that's a
1: fantastic beer that chad has so again don't don't let no. his poor taste cloud your jug. i kind of no. agree with
3: chad on this one i don't think it's that, it's a little weird that's a great beer boom nope
2: it's terrible and there's nothing you can say to change it, Mike. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very
1: good beer, and I encourage you to try it for yourself, and then understand <laughs> that you can also make fun of
3: Chad for his bad taste. I, it's uh, like no. it's like a it's like a piney beer, which is good, but it's got like a little hint of like stomach acid in it. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, <laughs>
3: Brewed uh. with a hint of bile. <laughs> good yeah. luck finishing that one. Uh.
2: Piney Piney and Piney and Biley finished with chestnuts over an open <laughs> plan. <laughs>
3: oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Or chestnuts. Oh, that was sweet. my second uh, suggestion there. Oh, my yeah. God. You guys are idiots. All
1: right. So that's no, going over to me. And I have a beer from Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, from a brewing company called Champion Brewing Company. And this is called Santa's Cookies. Oh, Santa's nice. Cookies oh. is an imperial spiced oatmeal stout. And it is. Okay. So it's Sorry. it's kind of funny. I, like I was expecting like a real sweet, heavy stout. And in te- instead, it's very spicy. Like it's very, I don't know, like cardamom. And it's very not sweet. So it almost tastes smoky. But I'm not mad okay. about it. It's delicious. It is. It's a it, again. It's a. It's I. I don't know. Eight percent maybe.
2: Why would you think it was sweet when it said spiced right on the can?
1: Well, a spiced oatmeal stout. A lot of times, an oatmeal. I don't know. I just. I, it's called Santa's cookies. I kind of expected like cookies, okay. kind of a deal, and instead it is just spiced out. It's delicious. It's. It is delicious.
2: Spicy. A little sweet and spicy. A
1: Little S and S. A little sweet and spicy. Uh and I think it's delicious. So if you ever see, if you're out and you see Champion Brewing Santa's Cookies uh, during the holiday season, what's left of it, uh, pick it up because it's very, very good. Uh, so
3: I have an honorable mention. Oh, go ahead. I, I I don't have it because it's still in progress of being made right now. But I have a, a Christmas Eve drink that's currently being um, infused in our pantry oh. right now.
1: I don't know if I'm okay oh. with you mentioning
3: this. No? Oh, we haven't tried it yet, Joe. Okay.
2: Well, I mean I mean you gotta mention it because nobody's gonna fucking know about it, guys.
3: Well yeah, I could talk about the recipe and then we'll we'll have a review <laughs> on it on Christmas Eve. How about that?
2: Yeah. You know what? Yeah, post right. a video on we'll the video. We'll hype it up now and Christmas
3: then we'll drink it on Christmas Eve and then we'll be the judge of it. <laughs> Anyways, there you go. it's yeah. a, there you go. it's a peppermint martini. <laughs> um Ooh. but I'm I am infusing vodka with peppermint right now. So peppermint being candy canes um, for like the, the singular portion of it, you take like a cup of regular vodka, half cup of vanilla vodka, and then you crush up six candy canes and you put it in like a growler, like a Mason jar or something. And you let it sit for three to four days to infuse. And then you like put that through a cheesecloth and then you have a peppermint vodka. That's your martini base. Uh, and then you add uh, creme de cacao, Angostura bitters, And then you rim the glass with uh, candy canes,
2: and it's Martini. Rimming it, you're
1: Christmas. Speaking of the Reagan,
3: I mean, uh...
2: (laughs) oh god, you're Christmasing the shit out of that drink, Joey. I love it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we're going all out.
2: I don't know how it could
1: go bad, but I, I feel you know. Don't let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. We're gonna taste it. First well, I'm excited
3: we to to completely get ahead of you on this and uh, have a, a bomb <laughs> Christmas drink. Hey, listen, uh, that's
1: Joe's contribution to the Christmas party this year, and I'm very excited to try it. So uh, we will see. We'll give you a review on that one next year. Anyways, you heard our and a six pack of Miller
3: light as backup.
1: Yes, sorry. I hope you're bringing <laughs> that, so that's fine. Uh, we had, what, Wolf's Ridge, and then we had Masthead, and then I had uh, Champion Brewing Company. Those are our garage beers of the week. Get online. Let us know what you're drinking, especially during the holidays. If you have any good Christmas drinks, Christmas beers, let us know. Let us know if you have any suggestions for us to try. We will go out there and do that. But uh, to you guys, uh, the listener, we say cheers. To you guys here on the podcast, cheers. And now it's time for us to get into episode 96 of the Garage Beers podcast, uh, the second-to-last episode of the 2021 year. And, uh, and boys, before we get into it, because I think we were going to start with the Browns, but there is one thing I want to talk about, and we kind of already have been talking about this a little bit, so I'm just going to kind of mm. start here. Um, uh, the Guardians made some news this week, or are at least uh, in the process of making some news. So I don't think this is going to be a very long conversation, but I'm interested to hear uh, kind of your take on on what came out Uh it, it, it apparently is very serious conversations, not finalized yet, uh, that a man named David Blitzer, who is known for being a billionaire, owns minority stakes in the Philadelphia 76ers, the New Jersey Devils, Crystal Palace in the Premier League, uh, is close to acquiring 35% of the Cleveland Guardians, which is that's a huge, huge minority stake uh, in a baseball team. Um, what what, guys, what do you, what do you think that means for the guardians? It's Joey. I was going to
2: say, you look like you're getting ready to say something. Joe's muted.
3: I was getting ready to say something, but I put myself on mute because I was freezing out earlier, but here we go. Um, Okay. You know, it's, it's really tough to say on the front end because, you know, going into it, I can tell you what I hope he's going to do. I don't, you know, I don't know necessarily what it means for the Guardians going forward, but yeah, I hope he's going to be somebody that comes in and, uh, you know, wants to see and help establish a winning culture within the franchise, and somebody that wants to spend money and, uh, you know, sign people that this organization develops, which is something that our, uh, you know, the leadership of this organization has lacked for years, and. Uh, You know, we we all know the Dolans are great contributors to the community, but as far as contributors to the payroll of the team, not so much so. So uh, I think we can hope that this guy is going to come in and really contribute uh, financially to this organization and make help make the right moves for this team um, to help them be successful in the long term.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Joe. I mean, you you certainly the the hope is certainly there that, uh, you know. This this team is going to have a lot more. It's not going to be such a battle, you know, for Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff to w- w- go and get some some much needed help wherever this team needs, you know, whether it be an, an outfielder or bullpen help or pitching. Out whether you know whether it's not it's not so. Uh, my hope is that it's not so much of a question anymore to for for these guys to not have to continuously try to pull rabbits out of their hat. You know, if it, you know, hopefully this David Blitzer. minority stake means that if we want a guy, we can go get him. We can go sign him to this, to a, to a big contract if it merits it or. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's, I think that's the main hope in my eyes now. I mean, obviously we'll see what happens when the lockout is over. We'll see what, you know, what the new CBA they, they come out with. Uh, But, you know, I, I, initially that is my hope is that, you know, this gives, the Indians and, and, you know, Antonetti and Chernoff a little bit more financial freedom to go do it. They probably to go do what they probably inside want to do with this team so bad, but we're so hamstrung uh, these last, I don't know, five, 10 years or whatever uh, with the Dolan. So that's, that's my, that's my initial hope uh, going by this news.
1: Guys. And there, there is, there is a precedent and there's something that you can look at. If you look at the mid, 2010s, uh, mid to late 2010s, where the Indians had a decent payroll. They were top half of the league in payroll. A big, big reason for that was a guy named John Sherman. John Sherman was a minority owner of the Cleveland Indians, who in 2019 proceeded to go buy the Kansas City Royals. So he is now the owner of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, But when the Indians were spending in the mid-hundreds, you know, Low to mid hundreds on their payroll. Uh, they had John Sherman there uh, as a minority owner. The stake that Blitzer is buying is bigger than the one that John Sherman had, because yeah. the the reported deal is I don't know what percentage Sherman had, but the reported deal is that this would be everything that Sherman owed plus this would be the Dolans for the first time actually giving up some of their stake uh, in the Indians as well. That's so.
2: Or, yeah. I'm sorry, the Guardian, which means he's going to have a, which means he's going to have a huge say, and so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just on the surface, it seems like nothing but good things that can come of this. So, but we'll, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll we'll find out.
1: But I think I think it's exciting news. What I what I'm afraid of is like I I have read a lot of people that are like, hey, five years down the line, this should be great things for the for the Guardians, and I'm like, oh, cool. When Jose Ramirez is somewhere else and Shane Bieber is somewhere else and. <laughs>
2: I, I I don't know I don't know if that's five years though, you know you know because if he's if he's coming in and bringing all this money, they they might be able to sign him to that extension that they want to.
1: I agree. It just depends, I guess, on when it happens. Uh, yeah. You know. Again, sure. the deal the deal right now is being reported as very close. Again, the other thing that's real interesting about the whole thing, and again, the Dolans to me are such a hard discussion because I don't love how they own the baseball team, specifically what they are able to do with the team on the field. And I also don't like crying poor about the baseball team when another billionaire is willing to come in and spend a bunch of money to jump in. So obviously things aren't going that bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you got to, you know, the Dolans again, like Joey said, the Dolans are good people and they're good to have around Cleveland. And as long as the Dolans own the team, all those rumors of the Guardians going somewhere else, those are not real because the Dolans would never take this team anywhere. Uh, however, um, you got to remember that Sherman, there was a rumor that John Sherman before he left by the Royals was like having talks on completely buying at the time, the Indians uh, from the Dolans. And that was the rumor was he was like in line to take over. The Dolans were going to sell the team to him. And so it's, it's also interesting. We'll see what happens with this blitzer guy, but is this, are the Dolans looking for like a succession plan per se? Is it like, listen, eventually we're not going to own this team anymore, uh, and and they're trying to get out somehow? And is this the guy to do
2: it? And and if it is, I mean, are we excited about that? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, again, that's that's another thing where time will tell. But I will say this: if they are looking for a succession plan, I think one of the contingencies that because the Dolans are so loyal to Cleveland. You know, it would stand to reason that the that one of the contingencies on a sale of the team would that the, you know, the own, the new owner would keep the team in Cleveland. I, I, I mean, I, granted, I don't know that 100% for sure, but like you said, Mike, the, you know, the Dolans, they're good people. They're good to Cleveland. So, I, yeah, I, I would think that whoever does succeed the Dolans one day is going to require the new owner to keep the team in Cleveland. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be in writing, whatever.
1: Well, we'll see what happens, but it is it should be somewhat exciting again, if for nothing else. The last time the Indians had any kind of significant minority owner before uh 2019, their payroll was it wasn't it's never going to be the top payroll in baseball, but it was not one of the lower payrolls in baseball. If you'll remember when they signed guys like I think it was actually today we are broadcasting on uh the 22nd of December and I actually think it was exactly this day in 2016 that the Indians signed Edwin Encarnacion uh, to a pretty big deal. Uh, when they were making those moves, signing free agents in the offseason, it was when they had a minority owner. And so hopefully if nothing else uh, it gets the Indians back to that. And we're not talking about a team with a $40 million payroll anymore, because I don't know how, lo- how much longer, <laughs> how much longer I can do that. Uh, uh, and again, that was the Indians guardians. It's going to take me a minute to just say the right name. But we oh, all yeah, know who I'm talking. we all know who I'm talking about.
2: It's not going to, it's not going to come naturally for
1: quite a while. <laughs> no, sure isn't. Uh, uh, it's like, it's like listening. Now we're going to transition to the Browns, but it was like listening to to the broadcasters talk about the Browns uh, against uh, against the Raiders this week. I don't know how many times uh, Kurt Warner called them the Oakland Raiders, uh, but it's still hard to call them Vegas. I every time I think of the Raiders, I, I think Oakland. And I'm like, no, they're Vegas. They're Vegas. So that's going to happen with the uh, with the Guardians. Uh, let's transition, boys, over to the Browns. Uh, as, again, I just – we had talked about the Guardians to begin with, so I just wanted to spend a minute on them. But let's transition over to the Browns. Tough week this week. Uh, and I want to know – I want to know after a couple of days – you know, we're recording on Wednesday. The, they played Monday night. After a couple of days, how, we, how how's everybody feeling? How we Chad, – Chad, you were um, – in our little uh, post game that we did I would say you were probably the most Optimistic of the group So now here we are Two days later after yeah. that really really Tough last second loss to the Raiders
2: How are you feeling? Oh You know what I, I, I'm still fine I, You know I, I'm, I'm still fine There's still a, There's three games left in the season and still a lot Can happen Mike that's just that's just how crazy this year has been, especially in the AFC. Uh, so yeah, I mean a lot can happen, and I just I don't know. I because of the situation that happened, there just there just wasn't a huge part of me that felt the need to be super critical of that game. I mean I know there was a couple of key moments that you know that that deserve to be criticized, that deserve to have like you know have deeper analysis, but it was like it was almost it was almost I don't know. It was almost like today's day and age. Like I gave them a participation trophy. Like you guys did great. Like you guys, you guys tried your best. You guys fought all the way. You guys gave it your all. And it came up short at the end, but yeah, were there a couple of key decisions? Yeah, there were, there definitely were some things to be frustrated about, but I, w- I was, I honestly, I was just proud of the effort, but yeah, again, it, there's three games left mm-hmm. and anything can happen. Boys. I mean, again, the Steelers and the Bengals still have to play the Chiefs. You know, the Ravens still have to play the Rams. And everybody in the division, I think, the last two games, two out of their three games, have to play each other. Right. So it's, it, it is. It's just a, a lot can still happen. I mean, it's all there in front of you. You know, going into Green Bay, which I know what we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for that game. I don't have high hopes for that game. Could they win it? Sure. You know, if everything goes right for them. But even if they lose that game... You're still not out of it. So yeah, I'm I'm still fine, boys. I, I really am. I am still fine.
1: How about you, Joe? How are you feeling after after that Browns loss? We watched it together here in my basement. What a game. Uh what a blast that fourth quarter was when, when Mullins threw that touchdown. We were going ballistic. Greedy Williams with the interception. We were going ballistic. Obviously, it was heartbreaking at the time, but uh, you've had a couple days to marinate on it. Uh, now, how are you feeling as, as we enter the last three
3: weeks of the season? I think I would still would have liked to lose by, like, 30 in that game. <laughs> yeah, agree. I think the fact is it was, it was so close was what was really a killer. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Chet. I think the, the rest of the season is kind of, you know – you know the the Browns are kind of in control of their own destiny, even though they're in last place right now um you have the tough game this week against Green Bay, but then you have you know you're playing the Steelers and you're playing the Bengals, and both you know Pittsburgh's particularly susceptible, but you know you play the Bengals very well every year and um every game and i i I don't think that they're out of it. I think that uh the the schedule that the rest of the the division has. Excluding the Browns is also very tough And um, you know Every team in the AFC North is going to be Really challenged over the next uh, Couple weeks here so You know as far as this game Next week there's a lot of Cause for concern Particularly particularly (laughs) it being Wednesday At the time of the recording We still don't have a quarterback coming back We still have Nick Mullen starting uh, As of right now for Saturday so um, There's there's definitely a lot of Cause of concern there um so yeah, but uh I would say overall uh hopeful uh for the next couple of weeks, but cautiously optimistic, yeah boys i
1: have I've wound down a little bit, Joe, I do still feel that same way we've talked about that on the post game, yeah, I think I would have rather gotten my doors blown off me than than have it be yeah. a heartbreaking it hurt a little less. The game where you you would have rather got
2: Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Oh
1: God. (laughs) Oh God. All right. All right. All
2: right. All right. I'm done. I promise I'm done. I'm done. I promise after that I'm done. No more. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm done. uh, But
0: like,
1: what an effort that team put up. Uh, First of all, I know Oakland. I have a couple people that are Raiders fans, Oakland. Once again, Oakland, Vegas Raiders fans, they were, like talking, they were, like, talking shit after the game. I was getting text messages, like, of Bo Jackson in GIF form after the game. Shut the fuck up. Are you talking shit? Do you know how bad your team is? I'm sorry. Listen, I know we lost to the Raiders, but do you know how bad you are? That you had to – holy shit, you had, you had your starting quarterback out there and you had to scrape by at the end of the game against a team that was missing 20 players? Like, don't talk shit to me. Get the, <laughs> get the fuck out of my face. I was getting, oh, yeah, I was getting all kinds of Raiders trash talk. I was like, first of all, I didn't know Raiders fans were actually a real thing in the real world. Uh, I do know that before they moved to Vegas, they were the lowest attended team in the NFL. So you guys suck as fans. Uh, but uh, But, yeah, listen, back to the game. I, I I I am I am one of those guys. I I I I've been pulled so many directions by the conversations that have been happening online, on Twitter, on social media.
2: Oh, After yeah. this
1: game, I've been pulled in so many different directions, and I'm sorry, but if you're gonna give me this BS about like, oh whatever, you're happy with a moral victory, huh? Oh, moral victory? No, fuck you. I am I am I am proud of the way the Browns played, without their head coach, without. Their any their starting or their backup quarterback without a significant portion of their three of their offensive linemen without their starting tight end without their number one wide receiver without uh, defensively losing players as the game was going on. Defensively, you were losing players without pretty much your safety room. Am I am I proud as hell of the way those guys played? Hell, yeah, specifically the mm-hmm. defense specifically the defense that's Derek Carr out there through week four of this season guys I don't know if you remember and I know the Raiders had a lot of shit go down too this year the whole Gruden thing and all that they Henry Ruggs they had a lot of shit go down that they've had to put up with so yeah but like through week four of this season people were talking about Derek Carr like maybe this was the year he's going to be the MVP fuck that we had, no. we had, I don't even know who no. was out there playing defense for us, making him look bad. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, it's not about like a moral victory for me because it doesn't count that way. And I wish we would have won, but at the same time, I'm not hanging my head after this game. That the Cleveland Browns, to me or to me, that kind of a loss says something more positive about the way this organization is is right now than it says
2: negative because they lost. Nick Mullins, yeah. Nick Mullins uh, made the most clutch fourth down pass of this entire season, yeah.
0: <laughs> of this it's entire yeah, season,
2: true. of this, of this entire season. And that's your third string quarterback. So, I mean, if that tells you anything about what this organization has done, you know, building from a, from a depth and a talent standpoint. Yeah. I, again, I'm not saying by no means am I saying Nick Mullins, is, is, should be starting, should be, you know, the leader of this team going forward, yada, yada, yada. I mean, although he, you know, he basically was Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if he saw that stat, (laughs) Uh, but uh, but I'm not, but going forward, but from a sheer depth standpoint, guys, yeah, this is a situation where you, you, I guess you could take a moral victory. I mean, because, because anybody who went into that game with any sort of expectation that we were going to win was fucking delusional. Why? Because yeah, you were missing twenty players. You were missing twenty players. The stars were going to have to play like superstars that night, and 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 a lot of them. And you know what? That defense they held tough. They gave you a chance to win at the end of the game. So yeah, if you had an expectation that Nick Mullins was going to come in and light it up, or or I don't know that Nick Chubb was going to run for two hundred yards and four touchdowns. Stop! Stop! As you say, as you say, i like to say, Mike. Miss me with that shit. There was yeah. a bunch of third stringers on this Browns team playing that night. Yeah, you can be proud of the effort. So if you if you're trying to tell me that you miss me with this moral victory bullshit because the Browns were in almost an impossible situation and they almost pulled out the victory on, on Saturday. So so I don't know. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. And and, and listen, uh, um, the moral
1: victory. I don't want to hear about. The moral victory I don't want to hear about is when you have a healthy team and, like, let's say the beginning of the year. Oh, we really played Kansas City tough, so that's a moral victory. Nah, your team was healthy, their team was healthy, you should have won. Or the San Diego game. Oh, we really played the Chargers, not San Diego, the L.A. Chargers, the Chargers game. Oh, man, we really played them tough. No, your team was healthy, their team was healthy. Don't tell me about a moral victory. But when Nick Mullins is trotting out there, how how about throwing out some names? Joel Betonio, who we know is one of our best offensive linemen, moves positions over to left tackle. Everybody, people people are so dense about offensive line. They just think if you play offensive line, you can play offensive line. It isn't, that isn't the way football is played. To move from left guard to left tackle is a very different thing. And, and Joel Betonio, pro football focus had him as like the top graded left tackle in football this week. (laughs) He had a 91 grade as a left tackle. In football, you had three guys on that offensive line that I don't even remember who they were for the most part that played well. Nick Mullins had time to throw the ball. Uh, the run blocking wasn't great. The run blocking wasn't great. And that sucks. But,
2: like, man, guys, were stepping up everywhere. Not to mention, not to mention, Mike, this was a week where they could barely practice and Joe right. Batonio had to switch to left tackle. This was a week that could they all meetings were virtual. I think they had like one or maybe two walkthroughs. Yeah. So Joe Batonio switching positions when he was only on the practice field this week for one, maybe two times? Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me?
1: So I'm gonna say something controversial. I saw somebody else say this and they were just getting torn apart, but I am in agreement with this fully and I want to hear your guys' take on it. Oh God. I mean oh oh god. Uh <laughs> I don't want this to come across because we can talk about Nick Mullins' performance a little bit. This really is not a statement about Nick Mullins, but I am going to say this: I think if Baker Mayfield plays that game, they win that game. Okay. Okay. I got opinions on that. Okay let's t- let's talk about those opinions.
3: Got opinions. To all the Baker Mayfield haters. There's not a Baker Mayfield problem in this organization. There is a wide receiver room problem in this organization, because nobody for Nick Mullins or Baker Mayfield can get open. I think half the time Baker's for there is a specific pass where Nick Mullins threw to Dave Njoku in double coverage, and like I think you and I, Michael, said it like, oh, if Baker was in there, he could he could have threaded that ball right into Dave Njoku and he would have caught it. Well why is nobody open? Like why why can't why can't we get zero separation from any any pass catcher in the game? There is a wide receiver pass catcher problem in this organization. I don't know if like if it's if it's a route running issue, if it's a speed issue, if it's an age issue, but it's not a Baker Mayfield issue. It's Baker has to force the ball because there's no separation. He has to squeeze the ball into tight windows because there's nowhere else to put the ball. You can't throw people open because they're covered. They can't break away from coverage. Uh, and I think Nick Mullins put an exclamation mark on that point. And for the love of God, I hope people can like actually take a step back and look at the team that we saw in Oakland versus the team that we saw for the other 14 weeks of the year, minus the game that K-started of Baker starting for the browns and say like okay like maybe baker is not the complete issue this season it like there's responsibility to be had other in other areas of the organization you know i wasn't you know i wasn't with you joe until that
2: last little bit that you said i'm to the point now in this season where I, i think it's an entire offensive issue you know, from the offensive line to the coaches, to the, to the receiving room, to the bakery room, everybody has just been inconsistent. I mean, you talk about, you know, you t- you might, uh, or uh, Joe, you talked about receivers not being able to get open, but like, but that made me think of, uh, what was it last week or two weeks ago that we were in Baltimore? Was it three, two or three two weeks. weeks ago? Well, two weeks ago that we were in. A week and a half. Yeah, that we were, that we were in Baltimore. And I could just, and I just saw. Uh, donovan people's jones wide open on on uh, like a 20 or 30 yard crossing route and he was wide open baker puts it on him and he drops it but then you look at but then you oh, know, that was that, you know was, that was
1: that was before the bye week that was a few weeks ago
2: yeah but then you but then you go to later in that first half and and, and Baker holds onto the ball too long and, and fumbles a simple screen pass so I, I i think it's just it's an overall offensive issue in my mind because I, this I don't know again, they they may come out these last three weeks and light it up. but it's to me this year it has been it has been an overall offensive issue from coaching on down. Well, I wonder how I funny
3: wanna... is that? I mean that was our that was our strong point going into the season. We were so amped on the defensive additions we made to the team. but we were giving the defense a pass and we were like, okay, like you know, they still need to come together and play as a team and we're like, this offense is returning, everybody's back, this should be phenomenal, everybody knows the game plan, they've been in the system for two years, and it's been the absolute, one of the most atrocious atrocious offenses we've seen, minus the first six weeks of us leading the league in rushing. But other than that... that.
2: And, and that's the most interesting part to me, Joe, is because last year, this offensive line would impose their will on imposing defenses... You know, even when the run struggled early in, in, in games last year, this offensive line, come the third, fourth quarter, you saw Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt ripping off, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12 yards a carry. That's just not happening this year. I know injuries have played a part. I know injuries have played a part in it, but that's, that's, that's the biggest issue for me. Well, for, well, that's one of the biggest issues that this offense has had this year is this run for this offense to be successful – the run needs to be the the run game needs to be going, and it just, it yeah. just it just has not materialized. Jed, you know the funny thing is, this was one of the
1: the only games this year where the run game was doing that in the fourth quarter this week against the right. Raiders. Nick right. Chubb was ripping off huge runs in the fourth quarter, obviously, and we can talk about the one play that it didn't happen. But uh, yeah, this was one of the few games. I, I do want to go back to Baker for a minute, but I, I I tend to agree with all you guys. The thing that's weird to me is the lack of discipline all over the offense and discipline isn't, we're not just talking about like guys penalties, but we are talking about, we're talking about formation and procedural penalties. Again, Mm -hmm. you can take, again, if I'm coaching a team, I can handle an offensive lineman making a hold. I can, I can handle, I can handle a, a wide receiver pushing off. I can handle plays that occur during the game that result in penalties because guys are just trying hard or whatever. The things that kill me are guys that can't get lined up right, guys that can't be in the right position, not having enough guys out there on the field to begin with, having too many guys out there on the field to begin with. False starts. OBJ
3: running and out instead of a post. Just all
1: all of those things that we've seen very consistently through the year, but it's deeper than that. And you saw it in this game against the Raiders, uh, but it's happened a lot. Uh, You saw there was one specific play in this game against the Raiders that – uh I wanna say Peoples Jones was open and Mullins threw it to him, and David Njoku was supposed to run, so they were supposed to run uh uh oh. was supposed to run like, like a deep out, and and uh uh Njoku was supposed to run like an intermediate out. And Njoku just
2: drifted on his route. He didn't run you the You talking out. about that you talking about near the end of the first half there? Yes. Njoku. Yeah, I, I did, that was that was that was Higgins and Njoku. They just, yes. they did, he was supposed to run a post corner and Higgins kind of like followed the ball over there. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. And the one, you know, I know what play you're talking about. So similar concept. I'm talking about one in the second half. It was I think it was DPJ oh, okay. and Njoku. Njoku was supposed to run it out. And instead, yeah. he like drifted down the field and got in the way of the play. And ended up like tipping the ball out of bounds. <laughs> and and it was an incompletion on a pass that should have been completed. And, but we've seen that a lot. We have people screaming for Hollywood Higgins. And we like I like Hollywood Higgins. He's made some awesome plays for this team. But it was very clear why the coaches are not happy with him. Three mm-hmm. times in the first half, he had to be told where to go. You've been on this team as long as anybody, dude. You've been on this team for a while now, Hollywood. You just got to know what's going on. And and three times he was lined up in the wrong spot. And he's not out there making plays. It, it's 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 I mean, this undisciplined. It and, 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 it? and listen, and I'm going to say another name that I think hasn't played with great discipline this year. Nick Chubb. I, and, and again, this is not to call yeah. out. This isn't like, I don't think Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is the, I personally yeah. rank him. As at least the number two running back in the NFL, so don't don't like. There's this thing where if you say any critique, that you must hate the guy. I love Nick Chubb. I want Nick Chubb to be here forever. I'm glad they extended him again. I think he's at least top two in the NFL. I don't think he's played great this year. I think he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he's played with the the vision. I don't think he's playing with the same vision that we are used to seeing Nick Chubb play with. There were two or three plays in this game against Oakland where in the past, you've seen Nick Chubb stop, change directions, and make a play, and they were open for him to do that. There was no backside help on the defense for him to stop, make a direction, change a go, and he just kind of runs into the line. It's Chad, I think your point is astute. There's just so many observations of the, the, the offensive discipline... And, and again, discipline—just being guys doing what they should do, being where they should be, running the right routes, going the right direction, blocking the right guy, lining up the right way—it's been all amiss this year. That's why the offense mm-hmm. looks bad. This—we came into this season expecting an offense that was going to score thirty-plus points a game. They're not. Th- this isn't that offense. And we talked about it. Right. The funny thing is, we've talked about it through the season. Like, oh well, they'll just get back to it. They'll just get. No, they won't, because they're not it. That's not them. They aren't. They are not right. that offense. Uh, and it's
2: crazy to think that. Right. Right. And then you can move on to coaching. I mean, it, yeah, you know, how many how many first halves have we seen where this offense just looks vanilla and conservative and, and and can't get anything going? It's like, okay, well, let's see what adjustments they make in the second half. They don't. They don't adjust. They just kind of stick. They just kind of stick with it expecting it to work expecting it to change and and there's it's just not there the adjustments the creativity just isn't there so yeah it's from 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 coaches to the players to i don't know to to the to to the ball boys handing baker mayfield his balls it's on everybody (laughs) screw you ball boys
1: is there is there a reagan joke to
2: be made there (laughs) <laughs> oh boy, there could be, there could be, there could be, but I promise, I promise you I was done. So we're going to say, but
1: I do want to go back for one minute there to me was a very, very big difference in watching Nick Mullins. And again, I think he played great. I think Nick Mullins did everything you could have possibly expected Nick Mullins to do. He made some big time throws. He made some great plays, but there were some plays that got missed out on the field. And I'm not saying it was Nick Mullins' fault in like a, oh, he sucks kind of way. Just the limitations of the guy. The the ball in the first half that got knocked out of Donovan Peoples-Jones' hands. First of all, that's not Nick Mullins' fault, so don't get me wrong. Donovan Peoples-Jones needs to catch that ball and hang on to it. That ball needs to be caught and hung on to, and DPJ has made way too many of those plays <laughs> where it should have been an easy or at least a, a solid catch, and he's not making that play. So that's something that needs to get fixed. However, that ball floated, sat up in the air for a while, and it gave that defender time to come up and at least make that a contested catch. I think Baker makes a better throw there. That that throw, Joe, you already brought it up. There was a throw to, to David Njoku that Baker makes. It's, it's one, of those, one of those throws where you go, Baker makes that throw 10 out of 10 times, where... Mullins threw it and it just took forever to get to David Njoku. by the time it got there the safety had come over to break up the play Baker Mayfield he makes that throw it is a laser beam that gets there before the safety even sees it coming uh and so again for me it just made it it, it like pulled me back on this Baker train of like I don't I don't think you can have in your fourth year, in the NFL, I don't think you can have a throwaway season. So I don't think you can just say, uh, oh, injuries, that happens, you throw it away. You can have that after you've earned your next contract. You can have like an injury-riddled season where you go, listen, throwing this one away, moving on. Tough to do that in your fourth year where you're still working on that second contract. At the same time, if Baker had already been signed to a second contract, would this be one of those years where we all sat back and said, This isn't the Baker Mayfield we know? This guy is hurt. And he's just out there battling. Yeah, I I think I think this would be one of those throwaway years. Uh, This this game made me realize we all talked about Nick Mullins like he played this great game and he did again. He did everything right. But it made me realize like it pulled me back onto the Baker train even more where I was like, yeah, Baker played. I think we win that game and I think we probably win it going away.
2: Well, okay, Was it just because of the Raiders? Was it just because it was the Raiders? And play like like if like if we're playing that game against I don't know, the the, the Chiefs are a more competitive team because Baker, because Baker has a tendency Baker beats Baker can beat the teams that this team is supposed to beat, but I think that's the question that everybody is looking to answer and it just hasn't gotten answered this year. Is can Baker make that leap and take us to that next level and that 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 just hasn't happened. So is is that what is? Is that part of that thinking, Mike? Is like, okay, it's 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 the Raiders. He should be able to beat that team.
1: Yeah, it's part of that, but it's also ju- it was just watching. It was just like watching the eye test, right? It was just looking at the throws, going, "Oh, Baker makes that throw." And it wasn't all of them. Listen, Nick. Again, don't let, oh. this doesn't have to be this. I know people are going to listen to this and be like, "But Nick Mullins did this and Nick Mullins did that." Yeah, Nick Mullins made some great pros. Keeping that play alive to hit Harrison Bryant for the go-ahead touchdown at the end towards the end of the game was great. Uh, the throw he made to David Njoku, where Njoku couldn't get his feet inbounds, not his fault. That was a tough catch, tough play. Perfect throw, though. Like Mullins made some great throws, but it just you was it was very clear that the actual physical ability of Baker Mayfield, especially when he's right, is so much far superior. Uh, uh oh. to what we saw from Nick Mullins, that's that's all. From oh. just watching
2: the game, it just made me feel like, oh, okay, like, oh, sh- sure, sure. I mean, that's I mean, that's the reason why you have first string your starting quarterbacks and, and uh, your third string quarterbacks. That's that's where you see the gaps in between in between your starter and your third string quarterback. So yeah, sure, Baker it, it definitely would have made some better throws than Nick Mullins made when it came when it comes to. You know, putting some fucking smoke <laughs> behind the ball or putting air underneath it. Like, you know, yeah, of course you're going to see that between your starter and your third-string quarterback. Yeah. Well, there's a guy I'm looking for him on Twitter.
1: I don't remember his name. His name was Ed – I want to say Ed something, and I'm sorry that I don't remember
2: exactly uh, who it was. Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> no, sorry. An, an alert, alert. – Never mind. We'll get to it in a minute. I just got an alert about college football on my phone. That is, is, <laughs> is it just makes me just, it wasn't amazing. It's just, I, they just announced your replacement for Texas A&M. So. <laughs> oh shit. Well, we'll figure it out. No, there
1: was yeah. a guy that was doing, uh, Ed Greenberger. So he oh, did, a, he did a, do you know
2: who this guy is? Yes. I, don't know, I don't know who he is. Apparently he's a he's multi award winner writer. I guess I don't. I don't I've know. never heard of him before in my life, but he's got a check mark, so apparently that means something. Oh, Patrick's here. You want to say hi, Patrick? Just say hi. Go ahead, say hi to Chad. No, nope. no, nope, nope. Gonna be shy. <laughs> Go ahead, say Uncle, hi. Uncle Joey, I want to ask a
3: question.
1: Joey's muted as always. Joe, you're muted. What's up?
3: Um, I was hoping if you could do and like, come over here again sometime. <laughs> yeah, I
2: think I can do that, buddy. Yeah. All right, say bye to the podcast. Bye. All right. He'll come over and visit you, buddy. He just doesn't want to see your dad.
3: You, absolutely. That's absolutely
2: correct. <laughs> that's right. So, so
1: going back to this I don't know who Ed Greenberger is. I saw a lot of people like, oh, we don't like this guy. Fine. Okay, don't like him. But he put together like a video thread that I thought was like super worthwhile, right? And it was the main criticism of Baker Mayfield is his inability to come back from being down in the fourth quarter. And so, you know, he talked about the Kansas City game where Baker got tripped up at the end of the game and threw the interception when he was trying to throw the ball away. That's fine. He... But the, the the games that like kind of brought me back into it, like the Chargers game, Baker threw four, he threw two fourth quarter touchdowns to give the Browns the lead in that game.
2: And Njoku, <laughs> broke, a on this, Njoku <laughs> broke a tackle on the. And Njoku broke a tackle on the seventy one yard touchdown. Yeah, run.
1: Kind of, kind of, but it was also a good throw that would have set them up for another play, even if Njoku doesn't break that tackle. And and Baker leads them down this the field for is- another one. The. Uh, the, the other one, the other one that that surprised me because I just forgot kind of how the game went. The Arizona game, Baker leads the team down the field to get to within one score. It was thirty to fourteen there inside the red zone. He hits Odell Beckham on a slant that bounces off his chest to give the Browns a first down, and they turn it over on downs. Like Baker's made some plays that haven't gone his way, and 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 like.
2: He's there have been times where it wasn't him that was letting the team down I guess. But then he openly admitted that yeah Baker got the ball back with a minute and 30 and no timeouts left. And you know how many elite quarterbacks take their team down the field and get them in the end zone at that at, at that point of the game? Yeah. That's that's the mark of an elite quarterback. I'm not saying Ed thinks he's elite. I'm not saying I think Ed, Ed thinks he's elite or, or anything but you know I know Ed is Ed thinks he's gonna lead the Browns to a Super Bowl but I, I and I know Ed's main point is you can't blame this s- entire season on Baker and you can't but Baker has certainly been a part of it so to to and and this is just what's maddening for me about this season between the inconsistencies of everybody on this offense and and Baker and Baker included okay and and Baker included but that's just the maddening thing is unless Baker comes out and lights it up these last three weeks, or he completely shits down his leg the last three weeks, you're not going to convince the anti-Baker people or the pro-Baker people to, to look the to, to to come to the other side. So I just wish these people would just move on because that argument is so exhausting right
3: now. I wish they would just well, agree to disagree. Is a- Agree, agree to disagree, disagree people, and move
2: on to next season.
3: That's it. Those those That's people it. are making the decision on whether to keep Baker or not. That's up to Safansky, Barry, uh, and the owners uh, uh, to decide whether to keep Baker on this team. And I think that they are still happy with Baker. I think that we'll see him for many years to come. I think that there is a lot of other issues that are just kind of out of Baker's hand, even though he's a contribution uh, contributing factor to a lot of the reasons that the Browns are the way they are. But I think that uh, I think that he'll be around for a while.
1: You know what? I, and I, I agree and I didn't mean to make it a big Baker thing. I just, again, I, I just thought watching that game, I was like, if he plays, I think they win that game. And and I, I don't, you know, I think, I think that was an unpopular opinion, but uh, listen, Browns are coming up on this game with the Packers. A couple of things going on real quick before we get off of them. They have released Jamie Gillen. The Scottish Hammer is gone. <laughs> uh, after Bye. two two years ago, this guy is like the next Bye. big thing, and he is gone. Uh, so no more, I don't think we're drinking any more Scottish Hammer beers uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Chris
2: uh, Gardocky, still the best left-footed punter the Browns have ever had.
1: <laughs> so so real quick before we get off the Browns, um, I, I have two questions. One, first question, this, is, this stormed the Browns Twitter-verse. Uh, is it cool to boo your own team? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're yeah. a fan, if you're a fan, where does where does the line get drawn between
2: cool and not cool? When you make it personal. I mean, yeah. when you, when you make it personal. I, I mean, if you, if you're upset, if fans are allowed to be upset when their team is not producing. Sorry, uh, I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's just I, a thing. I mean, it, go ahead, Joey,
3: go ahead, go ahead. I think it's a two-way street though. I think that, you know, I think the fans shouldn't make it personal especially with like, you know, maybe the players directly or like family members of the players. But also, I know there's like I think there's an obligation for these people to do that, but I don't think the family members of players should respond to fans directly. Uh I just think it's just such a toxic environment for, you know, the city, the team doesn't provide any good uh, resolution for anybody involved. Uh, no, nobody really needs that. I think you can boo your team, but like, you know, ultimately, uh, it's not always the players that are the reason that the team is performing the way they are.
1: No, and and Chad, I think you hit it the right way. I think you, I think you, as much as you have the right to get into that stadium and cheer the shit out of your team and make as much noise as possible, when your team, especially like this team with the Browns, I don't. you know, we've talked a lot about what's happened with the Browns in the past. I don't care what's happened with the Browns in the past. This was supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team, and they've been anything but. They've been anything but that this year. They've been a total disappointment. Outside of a couple of guys, Jeremiah Wosu koromo is not a disappointment. Miles Garrett is not a disappointment. Wyatt Teller is not a disappointment. Like, outside of a few guys, overall, this team has been overly disappointing. So, yeah, Yeah. when you come out in a game and you just are doing three and outs, three straight drives, I think the fans should boo you. Maybe that kicks a couple players in the pants. I think it's okay for us to get onto a podcast, a couple of schlubs, and 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 critique the way certain things are going and playing. I think it's cool to get onto Twitter and be like, I don't think this guy's playing real well. I don't think that guy's playing real well. You know what I? Well, you know what I don't like? Tweeting at a guy and be like, Hey, kill yourself. Right. You cost us the game. Tweeting at a guy's wife. Right. Being like, Your husband sucks. I wish you weren't part of the Browns. That's right. that's crap. That's you know what you know what I hate about that. Because those are Browns fans. You know what I hate about it, though. You know if those little, if those little scrawny pieces of crap, punk bitches, behind their keyboards, uh, the the big thing was was Wyatt and Carly Teller this week because people were tweeting at Carly Teller that about the Browns and how much they suck and Wyatt did missed a block or whatever. If that if those same little rats fuck screwballs were to see Wyatt Teller out in the street, they'd be the first ones to ask him for a picture and an autograph.
0: 100%. Like
1: that's, that's where the line gets drawn to me. Leave players wives alone. We saw it with right. Nick. We saw it with Nick Whitgren with the Indians last year. People were tweeting his wife after he gave up like a go ahead home run about how much he sucked. Don't do that. Right, That's not cool. So yeah, Chad, I think you nailed it. Like, you hit once you make it personal once you bring families into it once you're tweeting at guys online about how much that's that's personal yeah go ahead and boo go ahead and critique go ahead and be a fan that isn't being a fan that's that's
2: crap right but if but if but if you're yeah but if you're gonna get upset because the fans are booing you when you're playing like shit no shut up shut up because the fans have every right to be it's your favorite team it's It's teams you've grown up with. It's teams you're emotionally and financially, you know, invested in. Uh, Yeah. You have every right to boo your team when they're playing like shit. So don't give me that crap. But if you're going to make it personal, if you're going to say, oh, kill yourself. Uh, uh, I I wish you weren't part of the Browns. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. No, stop that shit. And not to mention, and, and and let's, it's, it's there's that section in every single fan base in every single sport that need to just go away. Ugh, that, that need to just go away. But no, most certainly you are allowed to boo your team when they're playing like shit.
1: Joe, I, I, Patrick just came back over here and he just said one quick phrase to me that I want him to be able to repeat to you because of what he said. Would you just tell me?
3: I was hoping, Uncle Joe, uh, are you at Gigi Pappy's house? I am at Gigi
1: Pappy's house. What? He told me he had to ask you that question, and he really, really was hoping I was going to say yes because it would make his heart sparkle. So (laughs) (laughs) now we got that out of the way. Uh... You're good. Uh, all That's right, very let's, sweet, buddy. Let's get off the Browns. One last thing. One last thing, and then we're off the Browns. Oh
3: my gosh!
1: Oh, come on. We got the Packers game coming up in a couple of days on Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody! Christmas Day, you get a present. You get the Cleveland Browns at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Whee! Packers. Frozen tundra. What? Uh, one key to the game. One key, how do the Browns, everybody, real quick? One key, how do the Browns get a win?
3: Players, uh, like Miles Garrett are healthy and players return from the COVID list. Yeah,
1: that seems important. We need some people to come back,
3: Chad.
2: Oh, sorry. I, uh, you got it was little mumbly jumbly there uh uh I, I don't think this is going to happen uh but uh, you, you need to outscore you need to keep pace with the Packers because I think the Packers are going to score a lot of points on Saturday and the Browns are going to need to keep to keep pace with them like this feels like a game to me that could come down to whoever has the ball last wins
3: do we know what the weather's like
1: I would guess I would guess cold and wintry. I would guess green bayish. Um <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. I think I think defensively keep playing keep playing the defense you're playing. I mean, you've been you've been good. This this Browns defense has been uh legit good now for I don't know, the last half of the season. I mean, they've been good. Yeah, but they, it, they... It... Go ahead. I understand. And I understand you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, and this is the best quarterback you've played since Patrick Mahomes. Uh and I, I, I understand that Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and all that, but play the defense you're playing. They've played good defense. You gotta get a couple of these guys, you know, you gotta hope maybe Greg Newsome or uh, you know, something can come back, but uh, or Delpit or Harrison or somebody. Uh, but keep playing. Somebody come back. Somebody, anybody, Jesus. Keep playing good defense. I think John Johnson's been way better this second half of the year than he was to start. Uh, So defensively, keep playing good defense. You can't ask for much more than what they've been doing. So they got to just keep doing that. And that doesn't mean you're going to score, keep the Packers to 14 points. But I think you can make life real hard on the Packers. I think you can make life real hard on the Packers. And and the Packers defense is gonna be without some really key players. Uh, as as they've already said, they've they've already ruled out players for this game. So uh yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't again, I d I don't view this as this impossible task. Brown's gotta get a A, like Joe said, Brown's gotta get players back. You need you need Baker Mayfield out there. You need Baker Mayfield out there. You need to get some of your players back. Uh But if you can get some of your players back, go play your asses off and you can come out with a win.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm a little less optimistic than you guys about this particular game. Uh, I I certainly hope that happens. But, I mean, I think you're right in that we do need some players back to be successful in this game. I'm just – Aaron Rodgers is the most elite quarterback that you've faced uh, since week one. So I I just – regardless of who's out there – He makes players better regardless of of who his receiving core is, of who his running backs are. Even it seems like, hell, it seems like every year one or two of his offensive linemen go down with a season ending injury, and you see what happens. I I just, I I just, I'm not as optimistic about you guys. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful the Browns can just come out with a win by any means necessary. But this particular game, I'm just, I'm not as optimistic as you guys. Yeah, and it's not – I don't want to
1: make it like I'm not sitting here saying I think that the Browns should be favored in the game. I'm not saying that, but it's – you know, I think there's also a – I'm going to say something about Aaron Rodgers for a minute. There is a – for as elite of a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers is, Aaron Rodgers in that – within that elite core of quarterbacks – uh. Aaron Rodgers has always been the most vulnerable to like some shitty performances here and there. Like, and that's not to take away from how good Aaron Rodgers is at, you know, like as a whole, but like you've seen the, the, the Packers get blown up on, on a few times every year in games where you're like, wait, what did the Packers do? Like
2: they scored seven points. So uh, it
0: does. happen. sure,
2: Sure. It's sure. It's fun to hope for that but you can't i mean there's you oh, never I know, know, know. what you never know when that's coming <laughs> but it's it's like why
1: it's like why i i I've, I've always found it hard to like draft aaron rodgers in fantasy football cuz like he'll go through stretches where he's just not great and then he goes through stretches where he's great and then he's not great and then he's great and then he's not great and then he's, great, and then he's great so you know we'll see again it's just not like you know there's this whole like oh you're going to lambo listen we know what cold weather's like we're from cleveland it's not like you're asking the Browns to go out of their element. They're playing in their element. Lambeau Field is the element for the Browns. Go get a win. It's it's not it's not an optimistic thing or not. It's just I think if the Browns play hard, this is a close game. So we'll see, we'll see. I think if they get their players back and they play and they can like shore some things up and play a little bit more disciplined, this is a good game coming up. So we'll see what happens. Again, it's a Christmas present for all of us. Wake up. Santa Claus is delivering a Browns game to us on Saturday. And for Christ's sake, if you're a Browns fan, you know that we deserve something good to happen for us on Christmas. So we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, we'll have more on that, obviously, next week. We'll see what happens in that game. Uh, but let's move on. Guys, I do want to talk a little bit about, and Chad, this is your wheelhouse, man. So I want you, I want you locked in here. Um, okay. We've been going in on bowl season now for, what, almost a couple weeks now? Uh, Chad Chad's BYU team got smashed uh, oh, suck. oh, I don't even want to talk about it uh, we had one of the great all-time uh, uh, name showdowns between the Hilltoppers and the Mountaineers Chardon uh, yep. and Western Kentucky Chardon and Western Kentucky yeah that's right uh, <laughs> so just talk a little bit about uh, Chad how, how have you been enjoying bowl season so far
2: uh, guys, I've been loving bowl season. I mean, a lot of times I can't I, like the first like the first few bowls. I can't really watch a lot of them because a lot of them are are happening while I'm at work. A lot of them happen at like eleven, like 2 30, 3 o'clock. But I have been able to catch the night games, and the night games have been good. I just watched uh, the Frisco Bowl with San Diego State and uh, uh, UTSA last night. The conference USA champion against the runner up in the Mountain West, in San Diego State, and and it's. It's been fun. I mean, college football is just so much fun, guys, because you really never know what's going to happen. And it, at any point, there could be an upset. And UTSA gave uh, San Diego State quite the game last night. San Diego State coach, by the way, uh, if you'll remember the name Brady, Brady Hoke. Hello. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just um, it's just college football is just so much fun. So much fun to me, just because the just because of all of the different matchups that you can come up with, especially in bowl season. And it's just, I don't know, I, I don't know. It's just so entertaining to me, Mike. It really is. Yeah, unfortunately,
1: uh, Cleveland area team Kent State in the Idaho Potato Bowl, Wyoming put up fifty-two points on Kent State, uh, so Kent yeah. State goes down
2: fifty-two to thirty-eight. Uh, well, that's that's the Mac. That's the Mac for you. I I like to call the Mac the Mediocre Athletic Conference just because it's uh it's just that's what a Mac game. That's a that's a typical Mac game. 52 to 38, 48 to 45. Uh just it's just things like that. But yeah, you know, that's okay. That's okay.
1: Uh I'm gonna say something I think controversial. I, okay I don't I don't really like bowl season. Like okay. I'm, not, I'm not watching. I I don't I don't think I have I think I turned the TV on in the background a couple times. Uh-huh. But there hasn't been uh-huh. one game where I'm like I'm watching this. Not one game. Yeah. There's not well I'm looking at the games right now just to make sure I didn't miss one. Like did I sit down to watch Coastal Carolina in Northern Illinois? It was a great game, 47-41. No. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. But that's but, but and you know what? that's one of the games that was on in like the background. I didn't watch that. I'm not I didn't watch any of these. Liberty in Eastern Michigan? Am I watching that? The Lending Tree Bowl? No. No. Utah Could State you? and Oregon State in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. Stifle? Stifle. I oh, will fucking know. Nope. No, I didn't watch this. No, I will say no, I will no, watch it. No, Chad. No, wait a minute. Even your BYU Cougars, the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Did I watch
2: that? No. UAB and BYU? I wouldn't watch that. For anything, but I'm not UAB, but 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 look at but look at uh, yeah, I will agree that there's too many bowls. But look at the that Myrtle bowl. Beach Bowl. Yeah. I don't even want to go to Myrtle Beach. I don't even like Myrtle Beach. I don't want to watch the Myrtle Beach Bowl. What? That's fucking weird. Well, that's bowls fucking weird. Old Dominion, Myrtle Beach. No, well, no, well, that's fu- that's fucking weird. I like but things that
1: are uh, mini golf and chain restaurants. So I'm not going to Myrtle Beach. Just go to the strip club. The nuttin
2: butt. it's
0: great. <laughs> anyway, UAB. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: i (laughs) am just i've only ever heard of that i've only ever heard um uh but no yeah yes i will agree there's way too many bowls but look at the matchups that they're going in though yes some of them have been a little lopsided but you have uab a team that didn't have a football program two years ago mike who upsets upsets the number 13 team in the nation and BYU, dude, that's, at the that's, end, the, that's the beautiful, that's the beautiful no. part about college football.
1: No, at the end of the season, number 13 doesn't matter. At the end of the season in college football, there's four teams that matter. And that is it. That's it. And I'm, and I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying this in terms of like, do I think BYU played hard? Yeah, I think they played hard. I, I'm not saying like that. Don't get me wrong. Like when people are like, "Oh, uh, Boise State only beat Oklahoma because Oklahoma wasn't playing hard." No, fuck that. No, no chance. No, Oklahoma was playing hard. They got beat. These teams come out and play hard. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. You're once once the season ends, it doesn't matter whether you're number five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. If you're not top four, you're unranked. That's that. Tr- that is the truth. Once the season ends and you're in bowl season, if you are not one, two, three, or four, you are unranked. Uh, I mean, They're all unranked uh, teams playing each other. They're all unranked I mean, teams playing each other. That's
2: that's that's kind of weird because I saw, I could have sworn I saw a one three next to BYU's name like when I was uh, yeah. But was what's watching it matter? What's it matter? And, what does it matter? I mean, the the top twenty five poll still exists, Mike. It, it, doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't. It matter. doesn't matter. De- you're sure it doesn't matter, but that still doesn't discount what that team did during the season. I think it does. It doesn't okay, matter. It's pointless. Well, it's pointless. Well, that's your prerogative then. It's yeah, that's your prerogative then. Well, uh, yo, oh, let's get on. Uh, by the way, that alert that I just got: Texas A&M can't, uh, can't, can't. Speaking
3: of teams that uh, don't matter, play. right? For sure. Yeah, can't for play sure.
2: in in the Gator Bowl because of COVID, and and they just. I don't know. They probably have NCAA violations about. Nope. nope but you're not I, talking smack about Texas A&M uh, like I care because they don't matter. They didn't do well enough
1: in the season <laughs> to
2: matter. But Rutgers, Rutgers is taking the place of Texas A&M in the hold, Gator Bowl.
1: Hold on. I so they're going to get their
2: ass kicked by Wake Forest. Hold yeah, on they're going to get
1: their ass kicked by Wake Forest. Hold on. While I shit my pants for the Frisco football classic presented by Ryan tomorrow or the easy post Hawaii bowl, which features See? teams that nobody See? cares about. All these teams See? are 500, See?
2: six and six, See, six know and what? seven, six and six, six See, and seven. You know seven. what? See, you know what? Oh, that doesn't make you a Wolf real football season. fan, Mike. Georgia State that, and that Ball State, Western Michigan and
1: Nevada, Boston College and East Carolina. Who wants to watch Mike? this crap? I wouldn't watch it if that it was da- in the
2: regular season. That doesn't make you a football fan, Mike, because a football fan would be able to sit down with those games and watch – a competitive game. Oh my god! A football fan will be able to sit down and watch uh, those games. No, 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 no! no because oh, because I've never, I've <laughs> never heard of East Carolina, or I just, I just don't know. You're just being a lazy football fan, Michael. No. Keith. You know what the You're other thing? You're just being is, a lazy football fan. You know
1: what the other thing is? Maybe I could watch those games during the regular season because the winner of those games has like an edge up on something. What happens when you win one of these games? Nothing.
2: They get Nothing. a trophy. Done, they get a, get a ring. You get.
1: a trophy. They get a, trophy, get they get a fries ring. fries dumped on your head. You get French fries no, dumped on your head. They get a trophy. And the, they get a ring. They get a ring. The, no, when you win the Idaho yes, potato bowl, yes, they do. They get a ring. When you win the Idaho potato bowl, uh, you get potatoes dumped on your. You get French fries dumped on your head. Ooh, what's going to happen uh, in the one of my
2: favorite bowl and, games and, ever? And, the and, the and, uh, and, and Wyoming is Wyoming is going to receive an Idaho Potato Bowl championship ring. Dude, what is going to happen
1: between Air Force and Louisville in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl? Can't it's wait! It's probably going to watch gonna be that.
2: a good. It's probably going to be a Yay. good fucking game, Mike. It's all which is what football Fans do. It's like football fans no. watch good football games. No, 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 no. It's, it's no, like they took can't the preseason. No, it's no, like no, they took no. the preseason Check out. and put Check it at out. the end of the Check season. Out. Out. It's the preseason out. at the Check end of the season. No, 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 hey. no, 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 hey, no, 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 no. we're no, all, no, we're no, all no.
1: very mediocre and average. Let's all scrimmage. This is going to be a good
2: time. No, you can't. They're no, all scrimmages. You can't say it's the preseason. You can't say it's the preseason because you just said, you just said BYU played hard. Oh, Boise State beat Oklahoma because they play hard. These teams are going to play hard. They're going out there to win, Mike. It's not the preseason, Scrimmages. where in preseason, nobody cares. No, stop it, because Scrimmages. nobody cares in the preseason. Scrimmages. care about winning these bowl games because it's a champion. You are a champion of the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> oh you are a God. champion of the Idaho Potato Bowl. Look, you look, are a champion of that bowl. <laughs> Woo, yeah, so, champion. Yeah. Hold on. North Carolina or
1: South Carolina is going to be a champion of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Both teams coming yes, in at 6-6 six and six on the season. Look the hell yes, out. There, here comes. I'm excited for that scrimmage on the 30th of December at 11:30 in the morning. You're
2: contradicting yourself, Mike. You're contradicting yourself. There's scrimmage. Yes, you are because you just talked about how hard these teams play and try to win the game. No, no, it's not preseason, you Mm -hmm.
1: dumbass. No, because every player that puts the pads on, whether it's a scrimmage, whether it's preseason. When you put the pads on, your competitive juices are flowing. You want to go out there and make plays. So they all play hard. Whether it's a scrimmage preseason, postseason, it doesn't matter. No. None of this matters. No, they matters. don't. No, they yes. don't. Yes, they, yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes,
2: they do. No, they don't. Yes, they, yes, no, they, they don't. Do. Because yes, they there's do. no re there's no Mike, there's no reward for preseason games. There's you no get reward for and this you game. Get you get trophies no, and you get rings please. when you win these ball games, the you medical. fucking idiot. I get so a yes. mayo ring.
1: I get a so ring yes. made out of mayonnaise. <laughs> yes, so excited You're for such that. Such an idiot. Gonna tell my grandkids that I won the idiot.
2: mayo bowl. The, the, the whole thing. Yeah, I yeah. Look, I've said. Look at I've what Daddy it. accomplished. Look at what Daddy accomplished back in college. We I've were said, bowl champions. I've said this for years. I would love to just unlike the here. unlike the NFL where you don't win shit if you don't win the Super Bowl. Right. You know, you'll uh, miss me with that shit.
1: No, 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 no. You have, there's two championships in college football. These aren't champions. You're not a champion of the Mayo Bowl. You won the Mayo Bowl. Congratulations. There's two championships in college football, conference championships and a national champion. That's it. Those are the only two blah, that matter. Blah, Those are the only two that matter. Blah, I've said it. Blah, I've, said it. Blah, I've said it forever. Blah.
0: Blah. No, shut up, Joe. Blah, I've said it blah, forever.
1: Blah. Blah. I would get rid of bowl season. I'd rather have 16 teams playing in games that matter. None of this the the rest of this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why are we playing these games? Okay. Why are we playing these? Was it just for fun? It's just for fun. Hey, for fun games. That's all they are. That's all they are. That's oh all God. this is. Okay. Anyways. All right. All right. Anyways. Mike keep thinking
2: that. That's fine. Keep but thinking that, that. It is the truth. That is the truth. Keep thinking that Mike. Well, okay. Keep all thinking right. that Mike. Uh, take, take Texas
1: A&M. That's not going to play in a game that because of COVID. Uh, sure. Are they going to go out and play hard? Cause they want to win their bowl game. Sure. Is the season still a drastic disappointment? Yes. Even if they win the bowl game, like dramatic disappointment. It's, it's the same thing. North Carolina was good at the start of the year. And then they sucked the back half of the year. Uh, if they go out and beat South Carolina, is the season not still just a dramatic disappointment? Sure it is. It's a dramatic disappointment. That's, that's the other thing that kills me about these bowl games. A lot of teams, especially when you get to the teams that had like actual aspirations to do anything, and then they get put into the Mayo Bowl. Okay, go ahead and win it. Congrats. You've won the Mayo Bowl. Your season was a disappointment. <laughs> you, you nailed it. That's, that's why this bowl uh, season.
2: Yeah. You disagree with that? Okay, Mike. You disagree okay. with that? Yes, of yes, yes. Of course, I do. Because you're still playing in a postseason game. Yes, it's not the playoffs. Of course, it's not the playoff. Because, and I. T- by the way, I totally agree with you that the playoffs should be expanded, and hopefully, that gets approved very soon. But you are still getting rewarded with playing a postseason game. There are way more college teams that aren't playing in a postseason game than the, than there aren't. Then there are way more t- college teams that aren't playing in a postseason game than there are. So yeah, you get rewarded with a postseason game. Sure, it's 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 sure. It, a national championship is the only thing that is the only thing that truly truly matters. But you are still playing for something. You still have pride as an athlete. You are still playing in the postseason from the regular season. So yeah, sure, there's still something to play for. It's it's how many? It's pride. It's a
1: trophy. It's a ring. How many D one college football teams are there?
2: 745 i don't fucking know (laughs) no that is not that is not true
1: 700 no i I, know
2: it's like 150 or some 152 or something cool there's like uh 80
1: 84 of them play in bowl games (laughs) so it's half (laughs) it's half half uh, anyways I listen just my this is my thing I don't I don't get it I don't I don't understand it it's not postseason you didn't make a postseason because there's no advantage to winning a game so congrats on that but uh all right uh uh real quick one game that we are going to talk about that again I, it matters in that it's the rose bowl and I guess that's cool to say you won the rose bowl uh next week we will preview the rose bowl and we have a very special guest for that, so we're announcing that tonight. Uh, the star of the Rose Bowl in 1997, if you remember, that's one of my that's one of my favorite Ohio State games of all time. It's one of my favorite memories. I was in my basement of my house growing up. I can still remember watching that game against Arizona State against Jake Plummer uh, when Ohio State took out Arizona State in the '97 Rose Bowl. And we're gonna talk. Uh, Next week, we're going to preview Ohio State's upcoming game against Utah in the Rose Bowl with one of the stars of that game, Joe Germain, the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes back in the 97 Rose Bowl. He's going to jump on with us. But, uh, Chad, real quick, uh, Ohio State-Utah. The last time we we saw Ohio State, they were getting trounced by Michigan. The last time we saw Utah – they were smoking Oregon. So, how, how, how are you feeling going into this?
2: Uh, well, if Ohio State doesn't decide to play uh, like 10 times more physical than they did in that Michigan game, if they, if they don't match the physicality uh, that they were supposed to match in that Michigan game, they're going to lose because Utah is, is built the same exact way that Michigan is because Michigan, uh, you know, Utah is a very physical football team. They're very physical up front. In the trenches, um, in the trenches, and so if if Ohio State doesn't match that physicality up front, Utah is going to run the football all over this Buckeye team. So they better come ready to play. They better come ready for a fight because Utah will boat race them out of the Rose Bowl if they don't.
1: I agree with that, a hundred percent. And again, so we will break it down even further. We'll give you a good, solid preview next week. It's episode ninety-seven of the Garage Beers podcast. And again that we will be joined by the star of the 1997 Rose Bowl, uh, Joe Germain, the quarterback of the Buckeyes. Uh, You do not want to miss that. One week from today, uh, it will be out. So, uh, uh, boys, listen, I had a couple other notes, uh, things that I don't think we really need to get into. We've got other guests lined up. Uh, uh, Episode 98. Uh, we can announce that too, even though we'll send it out later. But John Michael, the the television play by play voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, is going to join us. Uh, John Michael's going to jump on with us. Episode number ninety eight. We're going to talk Cavs. The Cavs they lost their six game winning streak came to an end tonight. Although I've got to say, final score of the Cavs lost by ten. Uh, that's a hell of an effort. That that's very much kind of like what we were talking about with the Browns before. Uh, the the Cavs were without Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. Uh, Isaac Okoro, uh, they uh, even even guys that have been really good off the bench, Lamar Stevens. Things got so tight for the Cavs tonight in Boston that Taco Fall got the start for the Cavaliers. Uh, and for a chunk of this game, they were they were trailing by forty or I'm sorry, twenty points. They got it down to within ten, uh, and 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 then finally they lost to the Celtics. So the Cavaliers' win streak is over after six straight games they lose in Boston but uh again whatever uh it's it's hard to it's hard to be upset about uh, a loss when you're missing such a big part of your roster and when you play in Boston uh you know it's gonna happen Taco Fall with 10 rebounds tonight so gotta love him for that but uh, uh we will talk more Cavaliers as we go but boys I think we're going to get to kind of the final portion of our podcast here tonight. And so it's the holiday season. We've had some heated conversation. We've had some heated conversation on the Browns. We obviously had a heated conversation on bowl season. uh, But let's lighten things up a little bit. We've had a couple delicious beers here tonight on the podcast. And it's Christmas time. Boys, Santa Claus is coming to your houses in a couple of days. Although, Joe, if you keep being cranky, I, I think he might skip you.
3: I, I well, I'm, not cr- I'm not the cranky one here. I was just—I was a, an innocent bystander. I think I think Santa might skip you.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's if you keep being cranky. Uh, but yeah, Santa's coming. Uh, it is—it is hard to believe <laughs> that we are like two weeks away from having to put all this shit away in our houses, <laughs> which is the worst part about all this. What the hell happened to Chad? Are you underwater? I don't know. Uh, so listen we want to just do some fun holiday christmas cheer to wrap things up on the garage beers podcast so we're gonna do some holiday favorites we're gonna do some holiday favorites we talked about it a little bit before the show and we're just gonna go around the horn and talk about some of our favorite christmas memories our favorite Christmas traditions uh, and and uh, uh, and any of that stuff. So, boys, let's start with that. And we've done this with a lot of other things. We've done it with Halloween. Uh, Chad, I'm expecting some B-list action here, but I want to throw it around. B-list action? Yeah, I want to throw it around for some maybe some uh, maybe some of our favorite Christmas movies. So, Joe, I'm going to start with you. What's your What's your favorite? What's your go-to Christmas
3: movie? It's the only movie genre I think I know well. I think it, I think it's Christmas that, Vacation hands that's down. It's, that's why I'm excited for yeah. this. There's no there's 100%. no better there's no better Christmas movie than Christmas Vacation. I think anyone that's ever tried to either plan or participate in a Christmas party with family and extended family knows how chaotic it gets. And that is the, just the funniest like literally I think anybody can relate to that movie. It's just the funniest movie that's ever been put out for a holiday. Period.
1: Chad, what about you? What's your go to Christmas
3: movie?
2: Well, Christmas vacation is typically it. Uh, that's okay. We but can, since that is already. Since, since that, yeah, I mean, since that's already taken, I will say this my completely underrated Christmas that, movie. hold on. That wait, I think wait. Don't go there. Get wait, enough credit? wait,
1: wait. That's the next category. Okay. That's the next category. Oh, all right. So, Christmas vacation is right. your all number right. one?
2: Uh, uh, hands down. Yeah,
1: no doubt. Guys, it, guys, it's one of the best movies of all time. Forget Christmas movies. <laughs> no, I can watch I know. Christmas Vacation. I can watch Christmas Vacation in July and be thrilled to be watching Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah, I, right. The, the parts that just continue to go into your head and, and like almost kind of the parts you forget about. Uh, uh, Clark getting stuck in the attic and then <laughs> yeah. falling through the attic and he's just standing on the kid's bunk bed. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he puts his hand
2: like, like knowing, knowing that he could all full well, like just go through that hole and be in the house again and be, and be warm again. But instead he just <laughs> crawls back up and
1: sits up in the <laughs> attic. Uh, yeah. Obviously the car scene at the beginning of the movie where they get stuck under the truck. Uh, Audrey's eyelids being frozen shut yeah. when they're cutting down. I the tree. In, I am in complete control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talk about all the big scenes in the movie. Obviously, Cousin Eddie—that's Cousin Eddie. That is the best Cousin Eddie movie of all the vacations, uh, uh, and and the lights and all that. And Bethany—I mean, it does not get better than
2: Christmas Vacation. No, no, it does not. And if anyone hasn't been to Castle Noel, by the way, you need to go. You need to go. And Medina, I don't right? know if. In Medina because the original trailer that Eddie drove in that movie is sitting in the parking lot in castle Noel. I love it. <laughs> and you need, you need to go take a picture with that thing. Anyway. All right. So Chad, you
1: were getting ready. So we're unanimous on Christmas vacation this is the best all time Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and we meant to do this this year, but we're probably going to do it next year. Um, we're, we're looking for like our next Christmas decoration that we're going to buy. Like, you guys are all – Chad, you're married. Joe, you're fiancéed up. You guys are both familiar with Etsy, of course. Uh, we're going to find an Etsy person that will make us, like, an artistic thing of Clark's speech at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, low life, two it whatever, like, the whole Bra- Brainless, <laughs> brainless, dickless, powerless, tongueless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We're going to have that made and framed somewhere in our house. So uh, that's happening. Chad, you let us off with the next category. I want to know your most underrated Christmas movie.
2: My underrated Christmas movie, guys. This movie, it just doesn't get enough credit because it is hilarious. It's the classic Vince Vaughn film for Christmases. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I'm surprised. I yeah, thought you were going to say Fred. My... I thought you were going to say Fred Gloss for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Jingle All the uh, Way. No, uh, Four Christmases is my underrated movie. That movie is hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go see it because I, I it's it's my second Christmas movie I go to. I every every Christmas Eve I watch Christmas Vacation and then I watch Four Christmases and then okay. I can go rest my rest my weary head on my pillow at night and wait for Santa. Chad underrated,
1: or I'm sorry, Joey underrated
3: Christmas movie. Underrated. Oh, I don't know if I have an underrated one. I think Christmas story is pretty underrated. I feel like that's wow. that's like a pretty like well known one in Cleveland, but I don't think it's like I don't think it's as big, you know, nationally as it is here. Joe, Joe.
1: <laughs> Every year on TNT, they play it for twenty-four hours nationwide. <laughs> Correct. About
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I don't That's think the popularity. I no, I'm serious. I don't think the popularity tra- like really translate outside of here. Like it.
1: That's my overrated Christmas movie. You're, well, first of all, you're full of shit. Okay, Joe, you're right. Joe, no, I don't Thank think you. it's. I don't think it's. I think. I think to me, Christmas Story is properly rated. Like I don't know if they get under or over, but this has been a big debate on Twitter. It's been a big debate on Twitter this year. People talking about the fact that they hate Christmas Story. Bullshit! Great movie. Fucking yeah, great movie. That's why time, it's underrated. I, much, I
3: think. I think yeah. So TNT or TBS tries to shove it down your throat every year, but like maybe that's why people hate it. But it's how much
2: it, time do you spend on Twitter every day, Mike? Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> like you see like all these Twitter debates. How much time do you hey, spend hey, on
1: Twitter, Chad? How many times did you tweet what? today? A bunch. Twice? A, no, fuck that. You up uh, between the garage beers and your own personal one? You tweeted several times today.
2: Sure, sure, but I don't like I don't I don't scroll through Twitter. I tweet when I like have okay, something to say. Right. But I no don't scroll through Twitter and see Twitter debates.
1: That. Don't give me that. You're you're definitely on there as much as I am. Easily
2: nope, I sure. Am not. <laughs> yes, you are. You're so stupid. Like I am driving all day. I can't be on Twitter as much as you do. Okay, Chad. Uh, <laughs> right.
1: Uh, I think, but I, Joe, I'm with you. I, I don't think it's underrated. I do think it is a draw national. I don't know why people don't like it, though. I, I, I like that movie between the dad and the leg lamp and eating like a pig and, and having to go out to the Chinese restaurant at the end because you've demolished the bumpus dogs demolished your dinner.
2: Great movie. Yeah. It's o- overall I, great movie. I, I, Oh, disagree. Yeah, yeah disagree. You
1: don't, you, you don't get a vote.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I sure do. Yeah, so.
1: Uh So, my underrated Christmas movie, I think, I think, is the second funniest Christmas movie of all time, outside of uh, Christmas Vacation. And my vastly underrated Christmas movie is called Bad Santa. Oh yeah, and that movie <laughs> is so good. That yeah. movie is so good. It's very raunchy and very yeah. funny, and I will never, ever, 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 ever forget the first time I saw the scene where Billy Bob Thornton's in the car with, like, the kid, and he's like, he's like, Jesus, kid, were you dropped on your head as a baby? And the kid was like, on my head? <laughs> <laughs> how, did they, how
2: could they drop me on my head? <laughs> I, loved, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved a woman who wasn't clean. (laughs) (laughs) Is Granny spry?
0: I don't know. Granny,
1: are you spry? Let me make you some sandwiches. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Bad Santa. uh, Great movie. Okay, so we know Chad's vote for overrated movie was A Christmas Story. Joe, do you have an overrated Christmas movie? One that you're just Um, not into.
3: I love Actually. I just don't care. I don't care. Doesn't, doesn't even matter. Okay.
1: All right. I like Love Actually. Does, it's what I, who, who gives a I shit. I like it.
3: That's fine. Who that's, gives a shit? That's, that's cool. Who gives, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I get it. I get it.
1: It's, it is I I've one watched it movies.
3: one time, and I've never gone a year after that and been like, "Oh my god, I didn't watch Love Actually." This. No, time.
1: you're right. It is. It is kind of one of those movies. I I just kind of like it, but like it is kind of like a Christmas movie is
3: one that I want. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, don't care. Chad, are you Over sticking it. with the Christmas story? Yes, 100. percent Cool. Mine is Die Hard because it's not a fucking Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, it's not a Christmas. <laughs> well, it's no, I, Christmas. I thought we were talking Christmas movies. I know, I know, but it's a insist- goddamn
2: Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen the roast? People insist
1: that Hans Gruber and Die Hard are no. a fucking Christmas movie. No, it's not. a
3: movie that takes place on Christmas that's not a Christmas movie. Uh, Is Harry Potter a Christmas movie? They sell me a Christmas
1: every (laughs) are Correct. Uh, What a a fucking atrocious take that is. Die hard. (laughs) People that list that shit as a Christmas movie.
2: Although I I will say this. Have you guys seen? I I saw someone posted on Facebook the other day. There's a uh, Nakatomi Tower uh, advent calendar now where Hans Gruber just goes down a floor every day. (laughs) 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 It's awesome.
1: (laughs) Sure. That's great. Still not a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Honorable mentions on Christmas. Do we have any honorable mentions that you just feel like you got to throw out there? It's just Elf. you love. Elf. Elf. Oh, great movie. No doubt. Great
2: movie. Chad? I'm sure there's one I'm missing, but I, I just can't think of it offhand right now. God, I'm, I'm over here thinking about... Uh, there is.
1: There are no two human beings. Oh, 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 Home Alone. Yeah, thank Home you. Alone. Oh, I just watched <laughs> oh it my today, God. and Home Alone too. Oh no no, no no! Oh,
3: that's my overrated. Can I go back? Can I change my overrated? If you say Home Alone too, I'm gonna slug you. Home Alone too. It just doesn't. You know, it's not as good. Not as what? Good. I watched it back to back today. It's just not as good. Oh God, the Jones. Pigeon Girl. I don't. I don't. You know, it's. It felt forced. So disappointing. Yeah, it uh, felt a little forced.
1: Uh. That's right, like, man, you just took the wind out of my sails. I'm saying, I know. Home Alone One, fantastic. Home Alone. Yeah, great. Home Alone for sure. Uh Polar Express, great movie. Uh honorable mention worthy, Polar Express. Uh was he? I had another one and then you threw Home Alone in there like Oh Home Alone. Like, it was let's just see. Casual, let's see like you just chucked Home Alone casually in there, like it's not a great movie. Like Marvin Harry sitting in the back of the fish truck talking about what New York smells like is not just one of the greatest all-time scenes it ever. It smells like fish. Huh. That's freedom. <laughs> and it's fish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just into, I love just cons Oh, oh, I, what I was going to talk about. There are very few hu- human beings that remind me of each other that are as similar as each other than these two human beings. One of them is Joey's dad, John Whalen. AKA the Bandito who has made an appearance on this podcast before. And uh Tim Allen without the cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> sans sans cocaine, sans cocaine in an airport.
3: Uh, oh the entire so, Santa Claus series. Is that what you Cla- Yeah, the Santa Claus. Great. Yeah, that, that's a great series. Great I haven't movie. seen that one in a while.
1: Great movie. But Tim Allen and John Whalen are very similar human beings. Uh, minus the cocaine or at least in every movie or show he's ever in. Uh, all right. Uh, Christmas traditions, Joe, this was your thing. This was your idea. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. What is your favorite Christmas tradition?
3: Um, it's probably going up to, we always go, it's been a little tough with COVID, but we always go up as a family to, uh, wheeling west virginia and go to ogilvy which is like a cabin resort and they have like the coolest freaking christmas lights uh definitely around it's like a three and a half hour drive and they have the most fun christmas lights to drive through they're like the like animatronic type lights where it's like a whole like scene and like, like move and stuff and uh i love that it's like that it's like that's like step number one to get me like the christmas mood
1: Okay. All right. Love it. And yeah, and that usually happens in November. So that, that gets you going, Chad, do you have a Christmas tradition that you love
2: Christmas tradition? Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it can be anything, right? Like I, like I don't have to correct. It's this is for you, Chad. Boy, oh boy. Uh, When, when, when I was a kid, we were not allowed to come downstairs uh, until we smelled the maple sausage cooking and the Cinnabon. Oh, yes. And and so we had that for every every breakfast Christmas morning when my brother and I would just tackle each other on our on our run down the hall. <laughs> just because my, my my parents my parents made Christmas so special when we were kids. And that was one of the things that I just loved every year. Even though my brother was about a hundred pounds heavier than me and would just smash the fuck out of me. Every uh, every run down the hallway, I love that. That's just one of the things I loved about every Christmas morning. So my favorite
1: tradition is reorganizing the house. Christmas makes you do wacky shit with your house, and I love it. You'll put a couch somewhere that a couch doesn't fucking belong, but it's because your Christmas tree needs to go where that goddamn couch is, or or you'll yeah. like, you'll like throw a table yeah. in front of a goddamn hallway. you'll be like we're not using this hallway during christmas time why because the the uh the i don't know whatever random christmas decoration the little gnomes need to go over there and so this table has to block this hallway you want to go around go around but we're not using this hallway during christmas reorganizing the house is my far and away my favorite christmas tradition you will just put shit anywhere anywhere and as long as it means the Christmas tree is in the right spot, as long as it means the nutcrackers are in the right spot, the stockings are in the right spot. With the, the the fire hazards that happen during this holiday, and you yeah. just do it because we'll put shit away. You're like, oh, it's, it's, there's my grandma's ashes. Let's put those in a box and get rid of them until Christmas is over. Why? Because we have to make this look right for Christmas. This, this cookie jar's got to go here. <laughs> This cookie jar has got to go here, so the baby's food is disappearing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, love, I love that there is just a blatant disregard for everything else in the house just so you can redecorate for Christmas. All right, real quick, and then let me know if there's any honorable mention things. Real quick, the last thing before we get to our three cheers of the week and we get out of here. Christmas song. Oh. Christmas song.
2: Oh, we're not doing a Mad Lib?
1: We should do Mad oh, Mad Lib. no, I, I want to do a Mad Lib. Chad, I hope you've looked one up. Yeah, of course I have. You said you would, but I want to do that. So we'll do that <laughs> next and then three tiers. But I want to know, Christmas song. What is your favorite Christmas song and your least favorite Christmas song? Oh, boy. The one oh. you're into and the one you're like, I don't want to, I, I can't do this.
3: Least favorite. I wasn't ready for that. Let's do favorite first favorite okay. uh, rock around the Christmas tree. Brenda Lee. Really? I love it. I, it's just such a bop. Good vibes. It's it's classic. That's just I, you know, we used to have a uh, well, no, that's in Jingle Bell Rock. Anyways, I just love that song.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, since I just sprung it, I'll go next. I, I'm, I love the classics. So I, I think it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas is my favorite Christmas song. I don't care who sings it, but it just, that's like the Christmas song, maybe Andy Williams. Cause he's like the quintessential Christmas singer, but I also love some of the, I like the, the off the wall ones, right? Paul McCartney. Uh, what, what the fuck is the name of the Christmas song? The Paul McCartney Christmas song.
2: Uh, it's or, an English, it's a British Christmas.
1: No, you idiots. Well, you, friends, you, you, you don't know the name of the song. And, I know. <laughs>
2: an open pre- Yeah, you moron.
1: Wonderful <laughs> Christmas time. Wonderful Christmas time. Yeah. Oh
0: there's, sure.
1: There's uh there's the video of David Bowie and Bing Crosby singing Christmas songs together. That's that's all timers. That's great. Uh and then there's the what was the Christmas song that was from like uh <laughs>
2: No. That Will Ferrell, that Will Ferrell no. remade and like made a joke of it. Was it Will Ferrell and who? <laughs> oh yes, uh, and, and John C. Riley.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then and then Band Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? Great song. Oh boy, it's Christmas oh, boy.
2: time.
1: Oh, what a great tune! I don't know. I like those ones.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Chad. What about you? Are you I'm, going least favorite? No, well, We got to get Chad's favorite.
2: I like oh. "Let It Let, Let It Snow" in Winter Wonderland. Those are, my, mm-hmm. I think, those are my two favorite Christmas songs. Okay. But I don't, I, I don't really have a uh a, le- a least favorite. I guess maybe Jingle Bells. Wow. Isn't that a huge Jingle Bells guy?
3: That's fair. I mean, that's you know, feels overplayed.
2: Santa Claus is coming to town. That would probably be my most stereotypical Christmas song that I like. Okay. All right,
3: Joe. I had to look up the name of it because I, I I wasn't sure what the name of it, but it was mistletoe by Jessup and Bieber, and it's making its, yes, like, it's, so <laughs> it's making its way into like <laughs> so bad. It's making its way into like standard Christmas playlists. Sucks. It's like the it's the Bieber before like the like Bieber of now, which is like definitely fine and tolerable. It's just like the annoying kid like boy Bieber, and it's <laughs> it's, it's so it's really bad. bad.
2: It's
1: really it's bad.
3: really bad. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. he's like he's like 12 and he's singing about like, I don't know. It's just not. No, not my not. No, it's not. It's not.
1: It's not the song. What's that? I, I'm so bad with like the names of Christmas songs. Uh, What's the, the name of the Kelly Sing Clarkson? It. There's the Kelly Clarkson Christmas song underneath oh, the tree. Yeah. That's my least favorite. Ah, yeah, like, Kelly Clarkson! I, I feel like she's screaming at me, like she's yelling at yeah. me during that whole goddamn song.
2: God, hey, are you okay?
1: Here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Every time it comes on, though, I'm like, Kelly, why are you yelling at me? When she's like oh, underneath <laughs> the tree, and I'm like, oh God, all right, settle,
2: settle, Jesus, Kelly. Are you okay? Jesus. Are you okay?
1: Uh, uh, yeah. But I don't know. I, 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 I get sad at this time of the year because I love. I just love the whole situation i love jingle bell rock and run rudolph run and the movies and the songs and it's all coming to an end but i know
3: i now. feel like i need to like consume as much as i can over the next 48 hours christmas the shit out late. of the next
1: 48 hours guys all right christmas
2: the shit out of it
1: so chad you, do said, it. you said you pulled up a christmas mad lib and we're gonna yeah. do that yeah we're gonna do our cheers of the week and we're getting out
2: I think I want to do this too. Like I want to like because I God some of these Jimmy Fallon Mad Libs are just amazing, and I want to find like scenes that we can do together for like later shows. But this is good for now, holiday Christmas year. So get I mean get as silly as you want, guys. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: Are we alternating uh, or how are we doing this?
2: Alternate. Yeah, alternate. Like I don't know. Mike go first. Yeah. Okay. All right. Verb ending in ing. Pooping. God, okay.
1: I, I am four years old. I live with a four-year-old.
2: Mike, years. or uh, Joey, uh, person.
3: <laughs> What's your <Sure>. name? Nancy, <laughs> Nancy Reagan. Reagan. <laughs> I knew Nancy saying.
2: Reagan. All right. <laughs> All right. Mike. This feels like a
3: Jackbox game.
2: Yes. Mike, a noun. A noun. Uh, uh A poster. Okay. Joey, person. Ronald Reagan. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Mike, a noun. Another noun? Yeah. Uh, I would say
1: an erection.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Joey, another noun.
3: A Bible. Oh, Jesus!
2: (laughs) Mike, a room in the house. A room in the house.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go with the mud room.
2: Mud room. It's like the back door. Hey, hey, oh, Nancy. Uh, all right. Uh, Joey, a person. (laughs) Oh, Jesus! Slider. Mike, a food.
1: Uh, truffle fries.
2: What the fuck? All right,
3: all right.
0: (laughs) I mean, sorry.
3: Joey, adjective. Um, uh, that's where we're describing something, right? Uh, Happy, happy. All right, Mike, adjective. (laughs) Aroused.
2: Aroused. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Joey. Another adjective. Sleepy. Sleepy. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike. Ascent. Ascent.
3: Joey
1: Whalen.
2: Oh God. <laughs> oh. I hope it's jo- it's lovely. Joey. J- J- Joey, a verb.
3: Um, uh, driving. Driving. <laughs> okay, uh,
2: Mike, a noun. Another noun. Yeah. Um,
1: a deflated basketball.
2: Deflated basketball. Okay. Okay. Uh, Joey, another noun. We got four more after this.
1: All right, let's go. Wow. A keyboard.
2: Keyboard. Okay, uh, Mike, a person. Taco fall. <laughs> Joey, uh, mode of transportation. Ooh, a unicycle. Ooh, that was good. Mike, Mike, an animal. Chad Meyer. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And finally, Joey,
3: an adjective. Ah, uh, I man, I'm not great with adjectives, apparently. <laughs> Slow? Slow. All right. Here we go,
2: folks. Now let's perform this Mad Lib. I'm so excited for Christmas this year. I've been doing a lot of pooping to prepare. <laughs> I've already. I've already picked out presents for everyone. I got Nancy Reagan a poster, and I got Ronald Reagan an erection. (laughs) (laughs) I wrapped their presents in Bible and and hid them in the mudroom so they wouldn't find them. (laughs) Slider and I made truffle fries for everyone to enjoy. To enjoy. They smell happy, and I can't wait to eat them. We picked out the perfect tree. It is it is aroused and sleepy and smells like Joey Whalen. It's, it's 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 my it's it's my job to driving the tree every day. I've been hoping for a deflated basketball under the Christmas tree this year. I really don't want I really don't want to get a keyboard this year. Taco Fall tells me that I need to go to bed early on Christmas Eve so Santa can come.
1: <laughs>
2: what is he just he's come gonna, to the house? <laughs> he's gonna drive he's gonna drive his unicycle with his Chad Myers and I and land on our roof. Oh, I hope uh, I hope everyone has a slow Christmas.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Very yay, nice. really yay. good. I can't believe you, you were still able to get Ronald an erection. That was so good of you. <laughs> it was
2: amazing.
1: It was amazing. All right, boys, let's wrap this thing up. we always going to finish up with our three cheers of the week. We always finish on a positive note. So let's send this thing around, three cheers of the week. Uh, and,
3: uh, and, Joe, you're swiveling over there. What's your cheer of the week this week? I'm always swiveling. I, I would like to cheers all of – covid sucks right now uh so i'd like to cheers all the people that just got deployed uh from the national guard ohio and all the healthcare workers fighting this crazy shit going on
1: yeah i have a i have a cousin that i'm very very close with and she is a nurse at the clinic and she just sent me a text that said it's just downright scary down here right now and uh uh yeah it's a tough time down there so yeah definite cheers to them pick them up we're very grateful for everything they do and uh and we hope none of us, none of you, uh, nobody listening to this has to experience uh, uh, what they're going through. And, and none of you guys need any any of the services that they are providing. But uh, that's a good cheers, Joe. Appreciate you for that one. Uh, Chad, what about you?
2: My cheers just goes out to everybody listening. My cheers goes out to you and uh, Joey, Mike, uh, just a, a Merry Christmas to you guys, man. This has been a, a, a tough two years for everybody, and uh, hopefully, everybody has a uh, happy holiday season, and a Merry Christmas, and uh, cheers to every, just everybody. <laughs> I feel like Joey now. Now I feel like Joe.
1: Joe chucks in, Joe does a great cheers, Chad does a yeah. great cheers, and I got something that's completely ridiculous. That's yeah. ju- that's it it sucks joking. doesn't it that's it joking. sucks but i'm rolling Mike, with it i'm Mike, rolling Mike with it. the troops I'm rolling Mike with the it. Troops. <laughs> no, no I'm good uh no I'm rolling with it anyways I, my cheers goes out to a restaurant in Kansas City called sot oh yeah much from the homes. my cheers goes out to sot because Patrick oh, Holmes, yeah nice Patrick is brother is a dick and he's an yeah. idiot. And, he, and he's completely he's like my he's like my child he's spatially unaware he he doesn't understand where he is he doesn't under, understand the concept of respect at any level he doesn't understand maybe I shouldn't dance on this memorial of a player that's dead on the field or maybe I shouldn't dance do this stupid thing or that stupid thing all he cares about is being in front of his camera and 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 doing his dances well Jackson Mahomes tried to go to SOT in Kansas City with, like, 16 people. And he tried to just walk in one night. And apparently this is a good restaurant. And he tried to just walk in, and they said, Sorry, dude, we don't have a spot for you. And we'll do our best to accommodate you, but we don't have that spot. And they couldn't get him in. And he left, and he was furious, and he wrote, like, a review or he made like a video talking about how the place sucked or whatever. And they wrote an absolutely scathing rebuttal to Jackson Mahomes talking about his uh, entitlement and how they're getting through COVID and their staff is working so hard and they're doing everything they can to, to provide the services they provide. And I love the line where they're like, we're doing all of this. So we're for sure going to be able to survive your ego. Uh, it was an absolutely uh, just earth scorching response to Jackson Mahomes being a spoiled yeah. brat, four year old apparently, uh, and uh, and it was great and it went viral and everybody saw it and then Jackson Mahomes is trying to like make videos to save face, but you all know he's an idiot. Like you see these right. videos, you see these videos that Jackson Mahomes makes with him, Patrick, and Patrick's wife. And Patrick just looks miserable in these videos. Like,
2: Yeah, he's totally embarrassed.
1: Keep me out of this shit. And yet they do it anyways. But uh, my shout-out goes to SOT Kansas City for saying, listen, we love your brother. We're glad he's a member of the Chiefs. But uh, don't bring this bullshit to us because we're not going to have it. Uh, and so shout-out to them for that. Merry Christmas to them for that. That was my that was my cheer of the week. Uh if you have any special cheers that you'd like us to like retweet or shout out or whatever, let us know. But, uh, but I think from the show, I think we can echo Chad's cheer, which is just Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. If you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, but you celebrate something else, happy holidays. Or frankly, if you just enjoy this time of the year, we're hoping you, uh, you're, it's filled with family. We're hoping it's filled with safety. We're hoping it's filled with good health. Uh, man. Years and years ago, I would hear people talk about good health and think, man, that's never something I really wished because most people I know are just in pretty good health. But, man, sincerely hope everybody is in good health, uh, and we really appreciate you joining us here on episode number 96. Again, tune in next week, episode 97. We're going to have a special Ohio State Rose Bowl preview with Joe Germain, uh, so you do not want to miss that. But for this week, That's going to do it. For Joey over on the west side of Cleveland at Garage Beers, Joe for Chad over on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers. Chad, I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Mike, we wish you nothing but the best on this holiday weekend. We hope you have a great Christmas, and hopefully the Browns can deliver us a huge present on Saturday. Uh, For those of us here at Garage Beers, to you and your family, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Cheers, everybody.